Thanks for coming to hear the chord on the street. And tonight will be the night I am your genre host. Vince, don't make me change my mind. And with me, I've got a two-dimensional rodent just running around, falling in way too many spike traps, and dropping all of his rings. It's your sonic host, Josh. What's up? What's going on, man? That was quite the introduction. Yeah, yeah, it was okay. Uh, so how how you doing the, this week? How was, how was your week? Anything exciting happened? Well, you know, uh, maybe I might have come out to visit you. <laughs> really? Did I know about that? Uh, you might have. Maybe, maybe just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> you know, it does ring a bell. It does ring a bell. <laughs> All right. Uh, in case it's not immediately obvious, uh, we're queered on the street here. Uh, I'm Vince. That's Josh. Every week, we each choose one of 28 words generated from Puzzle Word Game Quirtle, and uh, we'll be talking about those words. Uh, today is a show where we're choosing words from May 8th to the 14th. Uh, you can see that on our Instagram at Quirt on the Street or on our Twitter at Quirt on the ST. Uh, anything to say before we get started, Josh? Because you're starting this week, I believe. Yeah, no, I don't think I have anything other than diving right into it. I mean, other than uh, it was nice to get out there and catch up in person and, and uh, you know, just hang out. Don't get to do it all that often, so it's good. Yeah, I know. Basically, every six weeks with how my schedule works out is yeah the only then, time we get the opportunity then providing that like you don't already have something planned or i don't already have something planned yeah so yeah but for this week uh i, I chose something that i feel like maybe a lot of people will enjoy listening to uh the word they might not think of leading to this point but i chose lasso this week and i chose that because it made me think of the television show ted lasso um i have actually not even seen ted lasso yet it's definitely on my list to watch but Hilarious. It made me think of TV shows, and all there is to be encompassed in that topic, so I figured we could dive into those today. Yeah, well, let's dive in, or else we might have another, you know, half an hour topic, like genre la I brought last week. Oh, yeah, yep. So, uh, I wanted to start off with talking about our top five TV shows. I know this is going to be a rough one, but we it was difficult with albums, but I figured we, we'd give this one a go. Um, why don't we just yeah. ping pong back and forth again, say the show, give a, I don't know, two or three lines about it, and then we can move on so we we don't go as long this time. All right, sure. Uh, I'll start uh, off if you want, or you can start off. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, I don't know. I was just, we you could start off. I was just going to talk about like how I actually chose these. Oh, because yeah, go ahead. I, I like wasn't going to just like be able to make a list and eliminate it the way that I made with did with albums. So I like thought of, I don't know, four genres of shows. And then basically picked from each of those plus one, you know. Yeah. So that's how I ended up choosing. Did you end up doing uh, the same sort of thing? or were I you able started to, just... to. That's how I yeah, started. I... And then I realized that so many of the shows that I have cross so many genres, they could be kind of considered multiple. Sure. Sure. And yeah. I, I, I had like... a couple. I had a couple that just defied genre. So I put them in wild card. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them were just pretty intertwined, and I was like, well, I can't get rid of this one. I can't get rid of this one. So I, I decided yep. to just kind of go together and you know, take the plunge and knock off one. So I'll start off first, my, my first pick. This is the only one of the five that is in a specific order. This is by far the number one show for me, and that is Entourage. Okay. It's just... I have loved this show since <laughs> since the first time I watched the, my very first episode. Yeah, it's yeah, just something about it. I haven't watched it in years. Um, 
I've heard other people say that it hasn't aged well. I just rewatched but I, it. I know, I know you just rewatched it. Oh, God. You know what? And I, I jotted down some notes about it and kind of why I love it. So yeah. uh, it feels like home to me, if that makes any sense. So the overall feeling of like the show is kind of rooted in strength of friendship throughout the entire mm. show. Uh, and growing up with a core group of friends, it kind of reminds me of, you know, our group growing up. So I think that might have something to do with me enjoying like that specific type. Yeah, yeah, um, I get that. I think it's one of, which we, I think we talked about this a little before, um, but I think it's one of the first shows that really gives you the uh, the amount of immersion that it gets. Um, because the most shows or any, any kind of written material is normally you're taking place in some in another world where Entourage mm. takes place in this world. Okay. So yeah. it ties to reality because you're seeing other celebrities that are actual celebrities in real life. So it makes you feel like you're not makes you feel like you're watching a reality TV show that's not a reality TV show. Yeah. I get that. I get that. And everybody who's on the show who is a real person is sort of playing a character of themselves. Yeah, so they act like, like they Ma- are part of the thing. Yeah. Well, no, not even they act like they're part of the thing. They act like they're themselves, but an, an elevated version of themselves. You yeah. Know, I'm, I'm thinking of Matt Damon. Yep. Just like get just like, you know, being a being a nice, like easygoing dude, and then all of a sudden getting intense, getting up in the face. It's it's for the kids, man. Yep. It's for the kids. Same thing like LeBron James being in it and like Mark Wahlberg. Obviously, he was involved with the show. Yeah. Anyway, but just having those outside people that are in, are from our reality and not part of a fictional world, just, yeah. I think just really drives it home. That and, it's, uh, yeah, go ahead. It's, it's basically Mark Wahlberg's reality show. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, really. It's is. Mark Wahlberg's reality show before the Wahlbergers, before the people realize that celebrities could just have a reality show yeah i also find that the character development in the show is is kind of amazing so you you really get to see mm-hmm. how that lifestyle can change a person and how you know what happens throughout the show with vince um but yeah. also you get to how see dare you how that yeah how that plays into everybody else and like how you're at how his actions didn't just affect himself yeah uh, and it builds i mean that's all that that's what you hear about people like that. You know, you have to sort of sort out who's just a hanger on who, you know, you need to trust their console who, you know, it's it's a it's a tough life for people yep. out there uh, as easy as it seems to the outsider. Like it's it's no more easy than, you know, a Midwestern life or whatever. Yep. Um, so I guess I guess we'll go into mine. Um, I don't have a particular order. I just sort of came up with my uh genres and put them in this order because again i don't i don't know if i could uh come up with like a single favorite but where i'll start with is definitely a strong contender it is uh the it's one of my picks from jean from drama uh it's the leftovers leftovers i don't think i've ever seen any of that it is an hbo show um it is damon lindelof's follow-up to lost Oh, um, so I'll I'll talk about Lost later in the show here. But The Leftovers was essentially the the sort of writing that Damon Lindelof does best that he wasn't allowed to do in Lost. Yeah. Um, so it's only three seasons, but the impact that those three seasons have is just phenomenal. It is the perfect confluence of the acting. It's I mean, the. The actors in it are great. It's Justin Thoreau, um, Jennifer Aniston's husband. He's a great actor in his own right. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Coon has been in a lot of stuff since this 
where she's really shown her chops. Uh, Regina King, Christopher Eccleston, uh, just powerhouses of actors who sort of fly under the radar, smash them all together in this show with a great showrunner like Damon Lindelof, and you get this just superb, effective, philosophical, religious look on how real people would react to something like the rapture is essentially what it is. Hmm. Um, like 2% of the world's population just disappears all of a sudden. And oh, I think you told me about with, this before. I've definitely told you about it, but it's, <laughs> it's the sort of thing that sounds really heavy. So people don't end up going and looking for it. Um, and I get that. Like I, I try to recommend it, but it's a hard show to recommend because it sounds so heavy, but it, it really is just a masterpiece. I think it's, I probably just completely forgot the name because as soon as you started yeah. talking about it, I was like, wait a minute. I remember yeah, having a discussion about this. Yeah, it's definitely something I want to check out. I remember you yeah. telling me about. So, yeah, that's that's um, how how I'll put it is is it's Damon Lindelof's follow up to Lost. And it is the show that got him his shot to doing The Watchmen, oh. another uh, HBO show. So he's had a great track record so far, and this is easily his masterpiece. I'm definitely going to have to take the time out to watch it now. Seems like it's something you thoroughly enjoy. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you can't say too much about it. It is it is great. It is weird. It, it builds you up, and it lets you down in all the right ways. Hmm. Well, that's definitely something worth checking out. All right, so yeah. we'll jump into my second one. Um, again, these last four are not in a particular order, um, but... My second in my list, I have Suits. Okay, yeah. Um, have you have you watched Suits? I know, I think we talked about this previously a little. I bit. watched the first season or two mm-hmm. of Suits. I don't I don't really know. I, it's been a long time. Um, but I, I watched some of it. I, I know what it's about and everything. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I watched any of it. Like, um, after he gets disbarred. Oh yeah, it definitely. I think it. it I don't even remember the characters' better. names. Mike yeah. or Harvey. Harvey's like the the big shot He's lawyer the, that yeah. that takes a chance on Mike. Yep. Um so some of the notes I have about why suits is up here for me. Um it just makes you feel good, I feel like. And I feel like it's not something you would think about when you think about hearing the name suits, but there's always like this overarching feeling that all of the characters are good and the <laughs> storyline of Mike being able to come from where he came from and work his way into, you know, the high ranks of a law firm in New York City. To con his way in, if I'm remembering right yeah. correctly. Yeah, cons his way in. But again, even then, like <laughs> his entire time during the show, he's while some of them may have other agendas, you just mm-hmm. feel like everybody wants to be. There's like a sense of family within the entire law firm. Yeah. Um I'm it's starting to come back to me a little bit. Um it's got uh Carrie Ann Moss in it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And uh I don't know the actor's name, but Varys, the the eunuch from Game of Thrones. Uh yeah. The yeah. the fat fat bald dude. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um and Meghan Markle, of course. Meghan Markle. Uh, uh Gabriel Sorry, Mosh. Princess. Sorry, Princess Meghan Markle. Yeah. Uh it's got a it's got a good cast and I think it's also yeah. what made the uh the show kind of also really appealing is while it has like a lot of names you'll recognize you might not recognize but you'll know the person by looking at them yeah a lot of that guys they're not yeah they're not none of the characters are typecast so they're super believable like Mm -hmm. each one of those characters at the end of the show they were that role to me yeah um and there are some some guests obviously that you know step outside Mm -hmm. of that where they have they're bigger than the show um i love like the the brotherly love 
style of stuff between Mike and Harvey. Um, I think that yeah. just adds to it. And then it's, a, it's almost a found family sort of feel. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I really think that it, it depicts. Like again, you probably you don't know, won't know much about this because you haven't. I don't know if I've watched enough of it or remember no. it, but it, it depicts some everyday struggles that like men deal with that uh, they're too afraid to talk about. So Harvey has issues uh, forgiving his father. He has issues with his mm. mother. It, how those issues play into relationships and his view in women. Uh, he struggles with, like mental health stuff and all those things that he. He doesn't want to talk about, and you can see him trying to be this badass brick shit house, just mm-hmm. impenetrable wall. But then you also see like he's just one one small rock from shattering this glass pane. Yeah, uh, so I'm I, sure they walk that I'm line sure perfectly. Of a, I'm sure a lot of like of the toxic masculinity dudes are probably like, God, that's such that's such bullshit. Yeah, I would I would never. But you, you, you but you yeah, I mean it's. That's why that show is so good. Me and, and talking yeah, about that it, point, yeah, because it it kind of bucks that. Yeah, it, it puts the that tough guy who I would never in that scenario. Like you know, you don't think of somebody yep. that's got tons of money, who's a well-established lawyer in New York City. He has you know his name is out there. He's got everything. You wouldn't think that yep. he's struggling, and in fact, he could. Well, that's always been my theory about like strong men. Mm -hmm. is like you know strength without flexibility is brittle yep and therefore weak so yeah it's interesting that this show actually uh explores that in a scenario like you know a big time law firm yep uh so that's that's interesting um we'll go ahead and keep this moving on hopefully (laughs) yeah yep um i'll go into my second pick again mine aren't in any uh, particular order so i'll go to my comedy pick okay. uh which uh, again uh is a found family show it's community mm-hmm. um i'll go through my honor honorable mentions afterwards i'm sure you will too we'll have to actually like blow through them yeah uh, unlike unlike the album discussion yeah our honorable mentions we still ended up talking about uh but yeah f- community is very near just barely my favorite comedy um it's just so good the, the found family elements and the the charisma and the chemistry that the whole cast has and then you have just phenomenal performances you know you got donald glover in it you've got you know joel McHale is an underrated actor um I can't I can't remember her name right now, but uh you got you know Yvette Nicole Brown, another underrated actor, but she is just powerful. You have like Chevy Chase, who mm-hmm. apparently people didn't really like on set, but he he did a good job in the show. And um I don't know, the show is it's such a simple premise with you know, people are just in community college and this ragtag bunch of misfits gets together in a study group where one dude's just trying to get in a girl's pants. Uh, <laughs> but then they find out, you know, how well they work together and they form this sort of indomitable friendship that lasts for six seasons and, uh, fingers crossed a movie. Mm. Um, that's, that's a, that's like a, that's like a catchphrase in the show, six seasons in the movie. Cause uh. One of the characters gets really meta on it, um, but yeah, it's it's definitely worth a watch. Um, I mean, it's just it's just so good. It's hard to overstate how good it is. It's written by Dan Harmon, who also who went on to do Rick and Morty. Yep. 
Yep. So it's a really strong comedic voice too, and it's just phenomenal. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a long time, but I remember just thoroughly enjoying it. And, mm-hmm. and the, I mean, some some of the first episodes are some of the ones that stick out the most to me still. Like, yeah, just them. Did and, you huh? did you at least get to watch the Dean rap? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, you probably remember. I think it is in the Yahoo season. Yeah, but I, it's it's one of the best parts of the whole show. I, I, I'll send it to you afterwards. I'll have to. I'm gonna have to just go back and rewatch this. Yeah, yeah. It's been so long. I don't even remember. It's, a lot it's of worth it. it, and it's it's a fun, easy rewatch too. You can watch it while you do other stuff, and it's you know it, it takes your enough attention. That you can still get it. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I love Donald Glover, Childish Campino. Like he's awesome. He's so good. Like, I've been watching Atlanta lately. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna pick that up as well. I don't know. I might start. I gotta start Atlanta first, and then I'll hop to this. Yeah, I think that's the right way. Yeah. All right. So moving on for my third pick, uh, it's gonna be How I Met Your Mother. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just uh, can see that <laughs> one. You're like that makes sense. I can. I can get this uh pick it it was not in the running for me but i uh i have some sour feelings about how it ended i'm not like mad about it like a lot of people are but i didn't like it either so my notes for the show are uh characters 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 and this show just might have like my favorite variety of cast like Mm -hmm. like you have the hopeless romantic and ted you have the big goof in marshall you have the the strong silent type woman in that's you know more manly in in robin and then uh, lily just kind of a the polar opposite to robin and then i also have down like neil patrick harris playing barney is probably one of my favorite television roles yeah he just does it so well and it's it's done in a way where it's borderline cringe funny, I feel like. It is. But it's believable because that's um, how just goofy friends are. Yeah. I um recently I didn't actually go back and watch it, but I recently like watched a clip from the final season of How I Met Your Mother. And I think it's different when you watch it all straight through, but like the last season was it's not great. Like you talked about the character development in um, your first pick. Yep. And there's essentially no character development in how I met your mother. Like in no. the last season, they're all the same character that they are in the first season. And it ran for nine seasons. Yeah. So like now that I'm thinking about it, after I've watched a lot more shows and especially a lot more like prestige shows that, you know, make you feel superior and pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. This this is a show that I don't know if I could go back and watch. Really, I definitely could. Uh, see, I feel like it's it's just a good feeling show. It doesn't need it doesn't need the yeah. character development. How I Met Your Mother to me is my friends to everyone else. I can respect that. I would I would rather hear somebody talk about How I Met Your Mother than talk about friends. You know, it's that you can put it on. There's yeah. a, a big overarching scheme, but you you can miss episodes here or there. It's not going to kill you. Yep. Um, it just has. Every good little bit of sadness, wittiness, funny, just it just gives mm-hmm. me this great feeling. I just I feel like it's well rounded. Yeah, I get that. It is it is a it is a feel good show, mm-hmm. and you know it's one of the first times that Lin Manuel Miranda was on screen. True. So there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll I'll go ahead and bring up um, again broken down to my categories. My next one is anime. Uh, I had to choose an anime on here i know i don't think josh is 
is big into it unless he chooses Dragon Ball Z, which is a called shot here. But unless he chooses that, he's not going to have anime. So I had to choose one. Uh, and my choice for anime was is Bakano. Um, it's a sort of under the radar anime. It is um, about these this set of immortals who sort of take over the gang scene in mafia era Chicago. Uh, and their sort of trials and tribulations dealing with the mortals and dealing with the infighting between the 12 of them or something like that. Um, and they stop aging. So one of them's like a little kid. And I don't know. It's just so good. The story is so well-rounded. And maybe what makes it for me is that because it's set in Chicago, the English version of it is so strong. Uh, I haven't seen another anime where the dub is better than the sub, but this is definitely one, and especially because it's set in America, that really gives it this sort of uh, special feeling. Uh, not to mention the soundtrack in it is just jazzy as hell. <laughs> and the theme that. song yeah the theme song has been my ringtone for years right, so how do you spell that what did you say the name of it was bacano b-a-c-c-a-n-o it's italian for uh noise basically maybe i'll have to jump step out of my comfort zone and watch it i don't have anything yeah. against anime i've just never I haven't found any that drew me in. I tried watching Attack on mm-hmm. Titan. I tried Bleach. I tried Naruto. I tried the one that I got the most into outside of Dragon Ball was Gurren Lagann. Yeah. Um, Other than Gurren Lagann, all the ones that you said are like kind of long form. You know, Attack on Titan just ended after four seasons. Yeah. That's the shortest one of the other ones that you've mentioned. Like Bleach was another one of my possibilities up here, but that was like 13 seasons. Half of them are filler. Yeah. It's hard to get into something that's that long. So check out, you know, there's a lot of animes out there that are just one and done stories that are like 26 episodes long. Yeah. A typical length for an anime. Hmm. Um, You know, find find some and see if, you know, you can get into it. I found a lot of like slice of life animes have been getting really popular lately. Yeah. And I'm not into those either. Hmm. But that's just because I'm an old man, I think. I'm not a Zoomer. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with, which I'm coming around to it more. It doesn't bother me anymore, but there's not a lot of dubs. A lot of dubs suck. Yep. And I'm not big on subs. I'm more willing to do it now than I used to be, but I definitely don't enjoy reading along as much as not having to, which is why I don't read mm-hmm. books like you, you You read it. Well, you listen to a lot of them now, but you've always been more into reading than I was. I, I am trying to read too. It, it's something that I'm actually trying to do again because I'm old. Like I'm realizing the sort of limitations of my attention span. Like I'm trying to watch Overlord right now and I know the sub is better. So I'm trying to watch it, but it's hard to pay attention to a show for long enough. Like a movie, I can put my phone down and pay attention to because I know there's a time limit on it. But a show like you're watching for 10 hours a season, six seasons, like you're putting 60 hours into this thing, it's hard to focus in that much. Uh, So I I get the hesitation to go with the subs. Yeah. Uh, Let's move on to your fourth, though. My fourth pick is going to be one that I I know you've seen. I'm I'm actually not sure how you feel about it, Um, but Mm -hmm. it's Heroes. I stopped watching it. Um, I don't know. I watched the first two seasons of Heroes. I think I stopped watching about halfway through the third, which... I think is a common sentiment with heroes. Yeah, a lot a lot of people did. Um, I don't know. It just always hooked me. I think for me, it was like, 
they gave us new heroes to learn to love. I think that's part of the reason that it, it was so okay. intriguing for me. You know, growing up, it was like, you got all your comic book heroes and you know what to expect. But mm-hmm. this being like rough, obviously roughly based on some comics, like some of the characters' powers and stuff are up here as other people in other comics, but he, he never really knew what was possible. So I think like having yeah. that new world of superheroes in it was really just something that drew me in yeah yeah i mean talking about it the way you were just talking about it i i, I see how incredibly influential this show was right like mm-hmm. maybe heroes and the watchmen are probably responsible for a lot of the like anti-hero shows that we're seeing these days like invincible or the boys yeah yeah it you was know? one of the first shows or even really any kind of media that had like that dark overtone when dealing with yeah. superheroes yeah I think it, it probably suffered from the same thing that Lost suffered from in that it was a network show. Now, Heroes suffered from the fact that it was competing with Lost the whole time. That's what killed Heroes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They were on but at like, the same time. And... But it's also, it, it's also, uh, it's a network show, right? That's what I'm talking about with, oh, yeah. with Lost. Like it was on, uh, what, CBS or NBC, something like that. Yeah, uh, CBS. But the thing about, thing about Lost and Heroes is it's, you know, they're, they're dark. They have these dark overtones, these heavy themes, and... Not a single person says fuck the whole show. Yeah. Don't believe it. It's hard to believe a character who get who crashes on an island or gets someone like super punched in their brain yeah. and isn't like fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that is very true. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, always... and then yeah, I guess that's kind of um, everything I had written down for them. I think we just talked about Okay. about it. It was like, yeah, it was more gory and uh, violent than most, I yeah. think. Was, yeah, it really, it was really paved that, the way for the, the boundaries. Bumps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, did. yeah. All right, I'll uh, I'll go ahead and go with my fourth. Um, I realized, thinking about this, I like a lot of, like, I call them reality shows. It's what they are in, re- in truth, but they're not, like, reality shows. I'm not watching Bravo, you know? Yeah. But um, I came up with, like, game shows, basically. Or, um, like, Clarkson's Farm is another one that was... An honorable mention um, but the one that i went with in this category is great british bake-off or great british baking show depending on whether you're under the thumb of nestle or not mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> i don't know it's just so nice um i i had a lot of like competition shows on here i realized just how much i like competition shows um i i also had chopped and forged in fire on here too but those are a little intense like great british bake-off is a great show makes it into my top five because like it's kind of it's kind of where i come down on a lot of things you know, I, I have a sort of competitive streak um you know we have a game night uh every week that you came to this week and yep. you know there's a competitive inherently competitive thing to that but i'm not gonna be mad at someone else for winning and i'm not yeah. gonna be mad if somebody else does a great job if someone sets up an engine in a deck building game that I have to respect. I'm not going to be mad about it. I'm going to be astounded by it. And I feel like that's the feeling that the Great British Bake Off captures is these people are competing, but they also want everybody to do their best so that they know in the end that they're better. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely definitely so I feel like it's like that in a lot of them. Like I don't I didn't have any of these styles of shows on my list but i definitely <laughs> like i watched a lot of master chef yeah uh, a bunch of different cooking shows it, al- it also doesn't suffer from the americanized version of these competition shows where it's like and the winner is yeah 
Yeah. Commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's because it's illegal in the UK, but it's <laughs> oh, it's for also them to just stop plots to do commercials. Yeah, it's oh. it's illegal to do that sort of cliffhanger and go to and send to commercial because it's state television. Yeah. Um. But but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to get that in before you started talking about. It. <laughs> no, I mean that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've watched, like I said, Master Chef and a bunch of the other cooking shows, and I mm-hmm. I feel the same way. Like there's something, just yeah. Like, again, they're just they're light, they're they're palatable. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay attention a ton, uh, and also like you can learn a lot from them. Yeah, right. I haven't watched uh, Master Chef, but I imagine that it's similar to like the next Iron Chef, where it's yeah. a competition show, but at least it takes a whole season. So yeah. these people can't like actually just like fight each other. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's my fourth. Uh That's a, that's a very solid choice. So we'll move into, I guess my, my final pick. Uh, this one I know you, you've never seen. I'd be surprised if you even know about it. Okay. Uh, It's the, the Fosters. Nope. Um, (laughs) I didn't think so. I figured you wouldn't. (laughs) Uh, the Fosters is basically kind of just how it sounds. It's a show about, uh, foster children. Um, okay. You have, uh, one of the, the main characters, uh, Callie. You have her and her brother uh, who are put into the system and they kind of got the shit out of the stick. They had uh, bounced around between foster homes, had abusive uh, foster parents. Callie was uh, sexually abused mm. and the brother was was beaten by some of these people. They, you know, they just got the real, yeah, real short end. Yeah. Um, and then they end up uh, getting separated and Callie is in juvie. For basically going after the foster parent that was beating her brother, but she couldn't prove it, uh, so she got put into juvie for all that, and they needed like a transfer place for her. Uh, and she ends up getting placed with this lesbian couple, um, who one is a teacher at a school or a counselor of some sort, and the other is a cop. Um, okay. And they're like a blended family, so they have uh, the kind of more masculine one of the relationship. Her name's Steph. She was previously married to a man, and she has a son, Brandon. Okay. Uh, and then you have those, they, when they were together, have uh, have two kids that they were like long-term fostering and ended up adopting. Um, Mariana and, God, why can't I think of the guy's last name? Or the kid's name, the brother's name at this moment. Uh, I don't know. You have a brother. <laughs> he has a brother. Drawing a blank <laughs> on the brother's name. Uh, that's okay i forgot i forgot the actress's name from community too so yeah um so here she's they already have three kids and then they get her and like they're not the, you know the staff the cop kind of hesitant because mm-hmm. it's obviously like you know you're bringing a criminal into our our, our yeah. home um but it has a lot of just outside perspective i think i feel like the show provokes a lot of change because there's so much going on in like packaged into the show they're they're in an upper scale area uh mm-hmm. of california they're uh you know like same sex marriage couple uh one is a police officer one works at a, a private school um okay you know you have all those different topics you're overarching and then you have the foster system and then one of the uh other kids steph's kid son from the her first marriage and Callie, the main foster girl they end up having something between, like, feelings between them. So it touches, like, those unforbidden kind of things. You know, right. stuff that happens that you don't want to talk about that happens kind of deal. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, like, social social injustice with standing up for sexual assault and stuff with Kelly. Um, political injustice, uh, racism, racial topics. 
Like it just has a lot of different subjects that are explored. Again, I think kind of for the same way that I love suits and how it talks about the subjects with you know, that men struggle dealing with. This is just yeah. an entire show filled with dealing with those subjects in a way that's palatable for a, you know, a, a family time night show. Yeah, sure. Um, what's the what's the recent show that uh, people have been talking about that kind of kind of feels the same way that you're talking about this? It deals with a lot of like more modern issues. It's it's a Netflix show. Hmm. Heart stop Heart Stopper? Maybe. If it is, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Hmm. Heart Stopper. Uh Nicole was telling me about this. Uh oh, maybe not. Am I gonna look like a moron? <laughs> oh yeah. A- adapted from a webcomic. Okay, yeah. This is the one that she was talking to me about. It's uh gay schoolboy falls in love with his classmate. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it seems like similar, but more modern themes on, on that sort of thing with, you know, just bringing up, broaching the tough topics and really getting into it, but in a way that is still entertaining, that's actually going to capture people who may not just want to read a news article about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Zeus brother's name, by the way. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's important to get because. Even if people don't realize it now, like say it goes right over parents' heads, and but they're watching it with their twelve or thirteen year old, mm-hmm. like these are things that start provoking thought, like comparing what's happening in there or what's happening in real world society now. I don't know. I guess I'm a, I'm a sucker yeah. for that real world punch when it's got no, a I, connection to. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think that makes sense, especially with the issues that you're talking about. We're really coming to the fore. Uh, while this show was running, I, I looked it up. It ran from 2013 to 2018. Yep. So it's got yeah, a spinoff were... as well uh, called oh, yeah? um, the Good Good uh, Good Trouble. That's what it was called. Good Trouble. Yeah. 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 I, I just saw it. But yeah, so that's that's interesting. Um, and I guess I'll. Do you have anything else? No. Nope, last nope, things to say on, about move it. On to yours. Okay. My last one, um, again, I had a, like a wild card topic, and I thought if I could pick one from each of the genres, I wouldn't have to use the wild cards, but uh, I, I couldn't use the wild cards. I couldn't get rid of my second pick in, in drama, and that's Mr. Robot. Uh, another it's, one I've never seen. It's just, I don't know, it's so good. Um, I don't know how much I actually want to say about it because there's some major twists in it that are central to the main character's uh development um but i'll just i'll just sort of give the premise of it uh it's this dude elliot who is working at an it firm uh it security and he is basically just hacker man you know he sort of white hat hacks these criminals you know child molesters and stuff and that's sort of what he does and he stumbles upon this uh grander sort of black hat hacker organization and it is his sort of mission throughout the whole series that he's you know infiltrating and taking them down and then dealing with the repercussions of that and it is just the character work in it is phenomenal uh it is why can't i remember his name now uh rami malik you know this is the role that got him the bond villain role yeah it is christian slater making a return uh he's phenomenal bd wong as the main antagonist is absolutely phenomenal performance of his career for sure and the way it, it, it it's a good show it has some stumbling blocks along the way i I've heard people levy 
criticisms, but the last season and especially the way that it wraps up is probably the best ending to any show that I could imagine. I mean, it's it just comes together, maybe not cleanly, but in a satisfying way where you are not left wanting. Whereas my other pick in drama is also a show that ended you know leftovers um that show ends sort of ambiguously it leaves it up to you yeah what you want to think happened um i have my interpretation and if you watch it i would love to hear when you're done what you what your interpretation of it is uh because i'm into that sort of thing but it can be a little unsatisfying for some people um i think the leftovers does it in a good way that even people who are critical of that style will like but Mr. Robot definitely wraps it up in a, in a great way. Best ending of a series that I've ever seen. I thought that guy looked familiar. So he plays uh, Freddie Mercury in yep. Mimi Rhapsody as well. Yep, 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 yep. That's that's another role that I that, that I forget because I haven't actually watched that movie yeah. yet. It's probably it's, a bigger one that he got from Robot. Yes. Well, probably a combination yes. of having. Uh, that's probably what helped get him more into the Bond movie was combination yeah. of those two. I'm sure was big. Absolutely. And that, yeah, I. I can't talk too highly about Mr. Robot. It's it's a sort of prestige show. I with Game of Thrones, um I really got into like listening along with podcasts to shows that would like analyze them and Mr. Robot is is a perfect sort of show for that. So I think that drew me in a little bit extra. Yeah. Um I to the point where I think I would recommend like watching and listening to analysis at the same time Hmm. like that's the way that i watched the leftovers is i watched i would watch two or three episodes and then the next day i would listen to the podcast corresponding to those episodes i get that that's kind of how i how i deal with some of the lost in vegas videos that we were talking about yeah sure i'll listen to a song and then watch their review of it after yeah all right so that's (laughs) i i can't i can gush all day about mr robot and the leftovers but i think we should probably move on um yeah run you know, through our chain gun mentions. off our yeah maybe we'll do three at a time okay um my t- first three on my list are dark angel shameless and atypical okay i i almost put shameless on my uh on my list but it didn't make my list at all but uh my first three are westworld mad men and invincible those are for my drama okay. my next three are weeds breaking bad and ozark yeah i have arrested development uh a show called you're the worst and Silicon Valley. And I have Vampire Diaries, The Originals, and The Hundred. I had Atlanta, uh, Animes or Trigun, and Attack on Titan. Uh, and in reality, I had Clarkson's Farm. Are you done with yours? Nope. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll just keep going. I'm just going to rattle off the rest of mine. Yeah, good. Um, I got All American, Lost, Sons of Anarchy, Prison Break, uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and The Boys. Yep. And uh, to finish off mine, I have Taskmaster chopped uh top gear slash the grand tour uh and then defying definition i have legion and black mirror okay, great great choices as well that i and forgot about now that you say it oh fuck what was the second to last one you said uh fresh prince nope the, before that the prison break no the shit boys. whatever you said one that I that I thought that I that should be on my honorable mentions but whatever hmm. all right we'll hop into one of my next questions kind of shock on these le- the next Four questions that I have. Um, yeah, let's let's go. Although I do have a hot take, so we'll see how yeah, how, how fast we get on that. Uh, yeah. And my next uh, question is going to be: What is the most memorable TV moment for you? Most memorable? I couldn't I couldn't think of one. I had a few. Um, there's a moment in Mr. Robot, and this is this is actually 
maybe minor. It's a spoiler for Mr. Robot for sure. At least the first season, uh, the ending of the first season. But uh, Mr. Robot has a, a has a Fight Club moment. Um, if you kind of know what I mean by that, then you know what I mean. If you don't, then you're safe. Okay. Uh, but that's one of the best moments. Um, <laughs> I also have two more because I couldn't pick. Uh, Westworld, uh, the time weirdness in Westworld, like it's essentially telling two stories at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you don't really realize it for a long time. And then the Red Wedding from Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't choose just one either. I, I have, okay, so let me rephrase that. If I think about the question of what is the most memorable TV moment, to me that means what is, when I think immediately about that, what's the first scene that comes to mind? Yeah. And for me that is one that I probably don't even know if you've seen, but uh, that would have been Opie, who's a character in Tons of Anarchy. Um, yeah. Him dying or basically yeah. giving his life that yeah. that moment in the tv show just stuck with me like i remember it happening and i was just like what the hell yeah yeah i i think i watched that i watched a little bit of sons of anarchy i i fell off of it it really wasn't my speed yeah um but yeah i get that um, <laughs> if we're going with that though i think an honorable mention memorable tv moment is ari in entourage coming in with the paintball gun oh yeah <laughs> so good so good yeah. all right my other ones uh in fresh prince when will gets sees the episode where he his father's in town and his father mm-hmm. like basically says that he's leaving again will breaks down about his father not wanting him mm. uh, that that one always gets me and makes me like that's the first thing i think about when i think about that show because it was just so yeah in such a, a funny mannered show it was one of the first times we really saw him have that kind of emotion in the show yeah so uh, that one for me would be big um hank's death and breaking bad okay uh, was another big one for me um i don't know if you've watched ozark but yep dell getting his head blown off uh for Colin. <sighs> Darlene a redneck yeah uh that one sucks in the end then the last one uh, was uh actually funny enough talking about lost earlier uh charlie when he sacrifices himself to save yep. claire and aaron yep um that one stuck with that's me. that's the show that i should have put on my honorable mentions uh, lost yeah. i forgot to put that on my list at all but it's it's there okay um is that all of them for you that yeah you that's all of them for me okay so uh let's dive into the next thought i had for this which was uh TV shows that you hate to love. You know, what are the shows Mm -hmm. that a show that mm, everybody else may think sucks or, you know, they don't necessarily approve of. It's not hip to watch it, but you just Mm. can't help but love it. This pick for me, I I, I went a little weird on this pick because I feel like lately this show is getting the love that it deserves. Uh, But at the time it did not. And that's lost. Um, And the argument that I've seen people make lately, and I absolutely agree with, is Lost may go down as the single most important television show of all time. Yeah, I mean, it has a, like plays a, a big part, and I feel like a lot of different cinema and shows since it's been out. Yeah, it set the scene. It, it showed a different way to make a show, like the puzzle box of the show the constant callbacks and sure there were there were mysteries on shows before you know the who done it in dynasties things like that but yeah. lost really set up these long-term things that you see in all shows these days uh, i'm watching atlanta right and in the background of one of the scenes in atlanta is a childish gambino album that is the sort of set piecing the sort of easter eggs that you didn't really get in television before lost and it it carries through in everything people trying to guess storylines people trying to guess character motivations it's it all comes from lost 
I feel like my um, my love for the usual suspects is what drove me to like Lost so much. Yeah, just that it got tiresome uh, at the time because it was only supposed to be like a four or five season show. Damon Lindelof wrote it to be a four or five season show, but it was such a hit. Yeah. The network made him keep writing it and then it got filler and then people called the ending essentially but not really uh but then the ending came and people were like "Ah, it's basically what i said and they just wrote it off yeah and it it was really sort of unfortunate at the time but it it, it, recent years it's definitely getting the love that it really does deserve good i had two for me um one's kind of not necessarily a specific show but an accompanying an encompassing genre of shows i guess and that's stuff like american idol the voice um yeah okay the got talents if there's i'm watching them all uh, yeah i don't i don't watch them like live but i watch the snippets of all of them including mm. other countries and <laughs> yeah nicole and i got it really into the masked singer yeah. uh, one season like watched the the speculation on, on who it is and mm-hmm. and all that and it, that was that was really fun those shows are, are a good time I just, it, I love seeing all the variety of artists. And it's only gotten better uh, <laughs> as time goes on because they realize that it's not, it doesn't have to have, be a country singer or a pop, a pop singer for America to like them. Yeah. So yeah we're sure. seeing a lot more artistry come through uh, with like mm-hmm. the acceptance of like Ed Sheeran and Charlie Puth, uh, stuff like that, where artistry really shines through. I think that's becoming more of a, a thing. So we're seeing more of those on there. So I really like that. Yeah. Uh, and then my other one is going to be The Vampire Diaries. I feel like it's kind okay. of a, a show that people love hating on, but it really is well, well written, yeah, well directed, and well acted. Um, yeah, I, the ending is kind of eh, up in the air. You know, I could agree, but when you have a character that an actor that has other plans, you yeah. know, you, you kind of gotta make make do with what you can do. Yep. Especially on a show that had the platform that it had, like yeah. a, a a single actor could outgrow that platform. Yeah, yeah, and that gets tough. Mm-hmm. Moving on, I go into uh, what's your the your least favorite or most hated television show? Um, I I don't know, I I couldn't think of an answer for this one, uh, because I just don't watch things that I don't like. I I can and the things that I have watched that I don't like, I can appreciate the artistry in. Um, so I don't think they're bad. Uh, but I don't have like I haven't watched a, a TV a show that I feel is bad. Uh, yeah, mine eh. is without a doubt The Bachelor. Okay, sure. I've I've only watched some of it. I just don't understand why it's so intriguing. Yeah, like yeah, it's literally a show about things that you wouldn't think women would want to watch, but yet that's who's watching it. Like it's a yeah a show about a dude just just running date, around running around dating a bunch of women except it's even worse in the show because they're all living together which means all of them know each other it's not like he's just you know freely dating random yep. people that he meets everywhere these people are stuck together like it's literally yeah. the worst version of it and people line up every day to you know every week to watch it and i just yeah, don't understand the appeal and it just blows my mind uh, do you want to do this this last point is where my hot take comes in yeah oh yeah definitely so okay. most overrated and underrated shows you go first so for most overrated for me this one's gonna it, uh, might get me crucified by some but i'm gonna die on not this as hill. much as me yeah i don't yeah okay i'm gonna die on this hill uh, I, I actually was a fan of the show up to a certain point, uh, and then they killed it for me. Uh, that's The Walking Dead. Yeah, that's a pretty stock standard opinion. It, it got bad. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, but it still just has this, this following and I'm just, I don't know. It, it honestly made me hate that genre of game, genre, uh, movies, shows, anything. I, I don't want to see mm. zombie stuff anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it sort of broke its own formula, right? Like it was supposed to be a character study on how people interact in this life threatening situation. And it ended up just turning into a zombie shoot 'em up fest. Yeah. So I get that. Like that's the criticism that's constantly levied at it. And people only watched it until the end to uh, hoping that it would Big get better up. again. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, underrated for you. The hundred. Yeah. Uh, have okay. You, have you seen that at all? I started watching it. I had no reason to stop watching it. it just sort of fell off of it. Um. Yeah. It gets a lot of hate. Some of the acting definitely could be better. I will say that there's there's portions portions of it where you know you could tell that they could have had more conviction. But just the overall story of like trying to recolonize Earth. Yeah. And you know, going it's just a cool take on it. Uh, yeah, it I is. really enjoy the. And if you have you've not watched it yet. It it gets crazy. Like it. You know what? I think I watched a a YouTuber who does like a. I watched the first and last episode of yeah. this show. I think I've watched a video where he does the last episode, so I see how crazy it gets. Oh yeah, it's just it just <laughs> it's not. It reminds me of. I would say it reminds me of Lost in that sense. Yeah. Where like it just takes turn after turn after turn. Yeah. And they. It's like young adult things. Lost. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, I get that. So, what about you? What are your what's your hot takes here? Um, I'll I'll bring up my hot take last, okay? Because I have a lot to say about it, and I'll try to make it quick, but I'll 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 end on it. Um, I'll go with my underrated first. Okay. Um, you're the worst. It's a it's a comedy show aired on FX, ended maybe a year or two ago. Uh, it's got Aya Cash, uh, which people will know uh, as Stormfront from The Boys. Um, she is phenomenal in this show, and the her co-star is also hilarious it's one of the few shows that like i I laugh out loud about it's it's basically a show about la you know it's a writer um who just sold his book and he's struggling with royalties and she's a publicist and they're both just detestable people but they're right for each other so Mm -hmm. it's a comedy a romance show and it is it is phenomenal and uh deserves more attention See, like um, i have four shows on my list now from from you that i'm gonna watch yeah <laughs> yeah or at um, least three i'm gonna try the anime but yeah um i actually had three underrated shows though oh wow i um, know uh, another one is drunk history um comedians get dr- learn a history story get drunk tell it and then they have big name actors uh nathan fillion and johnny knoxville and like Maya Rudolph, like basically reenact the history as it's told exactly by the smashed person. Uh, it is hilarious and worth a watch. It's <laughs> definitely easy watching too. Um, and the last one is Legion. It is. It was on FX. It's a Mar- It's an X Men uh, show about the X Men. Not technically, he's a mutant uh, called Legion. He is inhabited by an evil spirit and. Because it deals with his sort of mental illness, it, it sort of edges right up to the idea that he has uh, DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder, um, but it's actually supernatural in his abilities. Uh, but the show just gets so wild. Um, it is trippy. It is heartwarming. It will keep you on your toes the whole time. And it is great. Um, 
it's visually stunning also. Like and add that to my list. Yeah. And then my overrated, this one was easy for me. Easy, easy, easy pick. It's Breaking Bad. It, I never got it. I, I watched the first two seasons of it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and right up until the plane crash. I, don't, I actually don't know if that's two seasons. I think it may just be the first season. But yeah. the plane crash happens. This thing that had been signposted the whole season. Where's this thing come from? And then the police are there. And then there's a jet engine. And is just a sort of random happenstance. And I got mad and I stopped watching it. And then you convinced me to give it another chance. Mm-hmm. And I did. And I watched the whole thing and it never got better. It just, I, I don't know, something about that one thing. Like it's supposed to be the show about this dude who is struggling and does this horrible thing to deal with his struggle. And then for some reason, this random cosmic joke of an event happens and it never really comes back and it never really resolves like walt never finds out that it was her the 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 girl that he watched die his father who got who just happened to get distracted and then the plane just happened to crash on his house i don't know why that particular point sticks in my cross so bad but i just don't like it and it and it never gets better and then it's just circular story storytelling after that jesse fucks up and walt has to do something that he's uncomfortable with to fix it in doing so he loses a little bit of his humanity and fixes everything they're okay for a while and then jesse fucks up and then just rinse and repeat yeah see i could so while that's on my you know list of honorable mentions like i can understand why you feel this way and i also <laughs> think that some of some of breaking bad's fame and the reason i think it was so well received is it was kind of a dark version of weeds okay or weeds was kind of you know, soft-hearted. Um, Breaking Bad was much more <laughs> grimy and in-your-face. Yeah, I guess. So I think you had a, a, a big group of people that probably had like yep. weeds and like that style of, of show. I'm, I'm also starting to wonder if Breaking Bad like ruined these actors for me too, because I actually, while I'm not a fan of Breaking Bad as a whole, the the writing as a whole, um, the the actors, I I can't deny the performances. They're they're phenomenal. Like, but but also. On the same coin, the reason that I didn't choose Westworld for my pick and drama is because I sort of stopped watching it. And I stopped watching it right around when Aaron Paul came in. <laughs> and I'm not sure if that had an effect on me. I will go back and watch Westworld, but I don't know if seeing Aaron Paul in something else like made me sort of unhopeful for where it was going. <sighs> Just a sort of sour taste in my mouth from Breaking Bad. Yeah, it sounds like that might be the case. I- I hope that's not the case. I'll have to do some soul searching to figure out if it is. But yeah, that's my hot take. Breaking Bad, overrated, maybe bad. See, I, yeah, I'll just throw myself under the bus because it was it was tough for me. I was torn. I almost picked another one for overrated, but I just haven't watched all of it through enough to say that it yep. is. Uh, the time that I get that and the that, office yeah. is. I feel like that's a hit or miss sort of one, like just like Friends. That and I. I feel like it has the yeah that has the same same style of comedy as like Parks and Rec and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I watched Parks and Rec first, so it just feels like a not as good version. Yeah, Parks and Rec's better. Yeah, um, I mean that's just that's my hot take. I know a lot <laughs> of people absolutely love The Office, but I just they do. Yeah, I could never get never get into it. You, you know what's you know what makes Parks and Rec uh, better is that there's bigger characters in it. Yeah. You know, you never have a John Ralphio that comes in on the office that 
<laughs> is just wilding on on people. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's kind of where Parks and Rec shines. This is just bigger. Yeah, I mean, Whew. who doesn't love? Ron Swanson. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We are an hour into recording. Finished with one topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, can't say we're not giving enough content, at least. I guess so. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll move on to mine. I'm not actually sure how much we're going to have to say about mine. I, I think it's an interesting topic to talk about especially with the people that you already know that you may not have talked to yeah. uh, about this stuff. But I'm not actually sure how much you and I have to say about it. um and the word that i chose this week is haunt um yeah it got me got me thinking about a lot of stuff basically just like supernatural or metaphysical stuff so i'll start uh pretty light uh and see where we go from there uh do you have a favorite like horror or supernatural or whatever metaphysical i'll even throw sci-fi in here mm. um like story or movie or show if you can pick one, I could uh, pick what's one or or not? I mean, you don't even have to get, dig down into it the well, way that I'm just we just trying did. To think if there's, uh, yeah, I guess I don't know if I, yeah, I guess this could it, it could be considered into this. Um, one that you haven't seen yet, but it was actually but actually recommended, and I think you put it on your list. Uh, Tusk. Yep, yep. Yep. I've been aware of this movie. Um, I'm not gonna say too much because I really want you to watch it mm-hmm. about it. Um, but I just love how it's done. It's nowhere near what's expected, and every single person that I've told to watch it has just mm-hmm. been like, what the, what the fuck did you make me watch? I know, because especially if you look a little bit into it first, right? Like, it's a Kevin Smith yeah. film, so, like, yeah, you're you're really caught off guard by, by is what I've heard yep. about it. I still need to watch it, though. Yeah, you, you do. I, I, feel, I have a feeling you'll really like it. Yeah. What about you? What's uh, uh, your... All of my picks uh, in this sort of thing, I think, are, like, tiny sort of stuff. I- I'm a sucker for time loops. Um, I think my favorite pick is going to be a story. It's a short story by Philip K. Dick, uh, I believe. It's called All You Zombies. Um, essentially, it's a time loop story where these t- this time traveler, like starts going back and trying to fix things and um the sort of crux of the whole it's told in this like logbook style and the crux of the whole story is that everybody in the entire story is the same character oh um it's it's really phenomenal sci-fi writing and it's not it's not even sci-fi like there's there's basically no science to it it ends up being like a metaphys metaphysical exploration um and another one is and it's it's weird that i'm picking just books uh, but i'm currently reading this book called house of leaves uh, it is a familiar. it's a book about this dude who moves into an abandoned apartment the guy who died in the apartment before left this sheaf of papers that he discovers where this dude is analyzing this movie where someone discovers their house is bigger on the inside than it is on the outside but the movie doesn't exist and this dude is analyzing in endless detail and this dude that found the papers is analyzing the analysis in endless detail and it is just like a, a descent into madness on three fronts all at the same time told non-linearly oh um, it is disturbing so far in its depiction of like mental stability yeah um and horrifying in a sort of cosmic way uh, but that's really good too hmm. it's big it's big and it's hard to read, but it's it's probably sounds like my pick have they made that. a movie about it? It sounds like they really could. N- no, you couldn't make a movie. I don't think you could. Really, I don't so, think you could make a movie out of it. You have it's, to make a show, basically. Uh, 
I'm using three bookmarks. Three bookmarks. Yes, I'm, I have to use three bookmarks in order to read this book. Why? Like, like you have to. Like... There's there's appendixes and there are like letters. There's like found things. There are collages that play into it. Jesus. Um, it's color coded. Like the the actual print text of the book is color coded. I guess originally this. This book was shared reading just to use the book. (laughs) It's like I said, it's hard to read. I guess originally this book was was shared sort of by hand in a sort of unbound sheaf of paper style. Mm. Um, So it's taken a few uh, edits, a few revisions to get it working in a bound book and to be sold on shelves. Um, But it's still it's kind of hard to um, to read, Mm. but worth the effort so far. Um, And so I guess you know talking about metaphysics like this dude discovers a this dude is like practical photographer you know he, he thinks there's got to be some explanation in, uh, to this so that got me thinking like you know we all sort of believe things that we want to believe about the world that's happening around us in order to explain it uh, superstitions it's it's a long way to explain superstitions so do you have any superstitions josh hmm. i don't know i man. i have a i have a really light one yeah give me uh, if that you wanna, and then i'll i'll try to yeah think based off of what you say and see um i've never really liked watching digital clocks change hour i don't know why it probably came from like a fever dream or something like that but i i I don't know when i was a kid like i didn't really like watching digital clocks change the hour like it's a new age sort of bad luck so i i always i still do it you know i don't believe that anything bad's gonna happen anymore but i'll look away if i see if i see a clock at you know xx 59 Hmm. I'll look away. That's interesting. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. There's no basis for it, but... No. That is... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I have any that I can... No? You didn't get too uncomfortable around my black cats? No. (laughs) No. They're just so adorable. I'm trying to think of, like, there's any common ones that I'm missing. Black cats umbrellas inside shoes on the or hat on the bed uh rabbit's foot walking under a ladder breaking a mirror um no? Yeah, I guess not. I guess there's nothing that's like... Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was kind of curious, because uh, I I know we're kind of, we're pretty practical dudes, but uh, sometimes this stuff sort of crops up. Um, yeah. No, you're definitely right. It does. So that's superstition, but what about just straight up, like, supernatural stuff? Do you... Have you had anything happen to you um, that you just, like, couldn't explain a weird... Yep. You know, serendipity or... Okay, I have a a couple. I have a story about me and then a couple other little ones I took to touch on. So for me, um, you've obviously been in my parents' house. Yep. I was asleep downstairs um, in the living room downstairs. Um, Okay. My mom was upstairs asleep in her room. Dad was at work. And you know how you have to take the stairs down into the downstairs and then there's like the back room area. Yep. Okay. So door at the, there's the door at the top of the stairs and there's the door going into the kitchen from the back room. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's no airflow or anything um, to do any kind of wind there. I mean, sure. It's in this, yeah. The dead center of the house. So this was a few, probably, I don't know, maybe three or four days after my grandmother had passed away and mm. I couldn't, couldn't sleep. It was too, I was too hot. So I went downstairs, cooler down there to sleep on the couch. So I know that the door at the top of the stairs was closed because I closed it when I went down and the door going into the kitchen from the back room was open. And I was just about to fall asleep laying there 
And all of a sudden, the door just slammed closed. Mm. And I'm like, uh, I'm at this point, I don't know how old I was. I want to yeah. say I was like, was like 2000, I was like 16, maybe. Okay. But I just remember like waking up, like coming to almost, like I wasn't fully asleep, but like just snapped out of that dream state kind of thing. And I was like, mom, you know, I asked seeing if it was there. And then I just like start freaking out, like, like get grab something, like get up in case there's somebody there. And I just have to start trying to beat up somebody with something. Yeah, right. And like, I like get out there, turn the lights on. Like, there's nothing anywhere, nobody anywhere, mm. no signs. I went through the whole house, no signs of anything, no <laughs> windows open, nothing. Ooh. And the door was just closed and my mom never even heard it so it's like <laughs> just this weird thing but like it was clearly closed when i went when i got up it was closed yeah um i, I, uh, I don't know uh, my my like irreparably practical mind starts thinking of of ways to like explain things away and i'm not trying to disprove you from this at all but like you, there's this uh there's this phenomenon called exploding head syndrome mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of that I, i've heard of the syndrome but i've never uh, is basically like exactly what it is. as you're in that like between dream state, you're falling asleep, but before you've actually fallen asleep and hit stage two sleep, um, sometimes like your limbic system goes crazy and you hear loud noises. Yeah. Um, it doesn't explain the physical change. Closed. So like, I'm yeah. not like, again, I'm not trying to discourage you from, yeah. from like your, your experience, but, uh, well, that's what that's, had me thinking. That's like, where my I'm brain not hearing it. Yeah, that's where my brain always goes with these things, though. Is I'm like, I'm like, there's, there's an explanation. My fucking pretentious BS. Yeah. So that's the only one that involves me, but I have a few more. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, my brother is substantially older than me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, my dad's father had passed away before I was born. I I never got a chance to meet him, but you know where my where what the road where I grew up on was. Yeah. Like you never. It's normal traffic. Like, there's not not a ton of traffic. You know, just normal cars, trucks. Like, you don't see anything really out of the ordinary. Maybe occasionally a tractor, but nothing out of the ordinary. Right. Um. So my brother has always been big into snowmobiling and stuff, and he was outside in the back near the bottom shed messing around with the snowmobile. Um, the snowmobile actually that my dad still has in the backyard. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know the one. Yeah, the yellow one. Yeah. Yep. So he was. He was getting that going and getting ready to go, um, and he got on and started going up the like the hill back up towards the side of the house, like going towards the road. Okay. And he got like halfway there, and he can only explain that he just saw my grandfather out of nowhere, just standing at the side of the road, just screaming no at him, and he like stopped and started like freaking out because he was like, "What is going on?" And uh, after he slammed on the stuff, like slammed on the brakes to stop because he's freaking out an 18 wheeler drove by <sighs> at full speed coming down the hill and if he hadn't stopped he would have never heard it coming <sighs> chills and just sl- just been slammed so he he came running into the house like my i've heard this from my mom and she, he was just like it was white as the snow just shaking <sighs> yeah um so that has to do with with my brother then uh my aunt one of my mom's sisters uh told me this story when we were when I was younger, uh, she was at home one night. Uh, this was like, I don't know, right after Thanksgiving. So everyone's getting ready for, you know, putting their Christmas decorations and stuff up. Yeah. And she was, she always put the Christmas tree up, same place, you know, as most people do every year. 
puts everything up and she had like a bigger ceiling area so it was a pretty big size christmas tree yeah so she's the only person home nobody's nobody else is home and she's working on like putting the christmas tree up and like plugging the lights in and she just starts to feel like this weird cold like all right around her she said all right and don't like that and she stood back up she felt something like grab her shoulder Mm. and she like freaked out and like went to turn around to see what was that and at that minute the lights went off don't like that yeah so she like starts freaking out and she walks over and flips the light switch back on and the lights go back on and she's just like trying to convince herself that it's nothing you know you just try to be like oh well that's not anything so she starts doing it again and she said she got like a glimpse of something in one of the uh bulbs on the tree like the Mm. reflection of a person standing behind her and she again she flipped around and the lights went out again and then she freaked out and got in her car and left yeah because she didn't want to be home by herself (laughs) yep (laughs) Um, so that that one's kind of more on like the little bit scarier side because it didn't seem like it was there for a good reason yeah sure if anything uh and then the last one um you you might know about i don't know i I don't know Um, it's it's okay tell me i don't need to sleep (laughs) my uh sister rebecca uh was Married, married, and they had. She has my my nephew Brady. Yeah, and my sister's husband, his two brothers, and their father all went out on the boat uh, on a lake near where we live for the Fourth of July. Um, they all went out just riding around on the boat, uh, went across the lake to go to a restaurant to eat, and on their way back across the lake, um, his brother turned around. Kind of like, you know, sideways turn to watch the fireworks. And that year, the, the buoys were off on how deep the, the water was. And they hit an embankment. Like, the, the actual, like, marker okay. was too low because the water was low. So, he hit the actual, like, pillar that the buoys are stuck into. And it flipped the boat, uh, sending them all flying. I mean, it was a speedboat, but they weren't... I don't think that they were going crazy fast. But, I mean, you know going across water... Yeah, five miles an hour feels fast. Yeah, I mean, I've you know, I've heard horror stories that start exactly this way. Yeah, so they hit and they flip, um, and obviously they go flying out of the boat, and you hit the water with that kind of impact. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't know what's gonna happen. But my sister's husband had told us afterwards. He actually told my other sister while they were in the hospital visiting him. Yeah, because he he had tore his rotator cuff from hitting the water so hard. Um, and just. So he had like literally had one arm, like couldn't do anything. The second arm. And he's like basically knocked out yeah. from hitting the water. And he could just like, said it was like an out of body experience. So like he could like feel himself sinking down. And all of a sudden he just felt like this glow and warmth around him. And it, it's so weird for him to say this because didn't doesn't make a lot of, it would, it would be very hard to believe this not be real. Uh-huh. But he said he saw my grandfather, my mom's mom, mm. who he had started to get close with because they would go there every week before he had passed away to have dinner with him and stuff. And like my grandfather was just like the epitome of love. Like never, he's, he's like, you know, how people say I am like I'm always giggly laughing like I'm rarely ever in like a a really bad mood like that's how my grandfather was just always a good time and for him to just say that he just heard my my grandfather like made him like open his eyes and Mm. he he could just see when he opened them all he could see was like pictures of my nephew and hear my grandfather be like you you have something you can't you have to live for oh wow And and he swam back up with one arm to the thing and passed out as he hit the water 
like hit the top of the water he passed back out and luckily his friend rob that was in the boat behind him had jumped into the water and pulled him out so he didn't just sink back down but yeah he uh he equates basically him being alive to my grandfather to your grandfather which yeah is like, that's that's it's weird because it's not somebody that's like in you know it's not like his grandfather or you know somebody else yeah yeah like how does how does he how does he pull that if you know it weren't something yeah. that he that he actually believed yep that's just nipped it's crazy to think about. Yeah. That would be my, my uh, recollections. What about you? Do you have anything? No. <laughs> None? I always I always just explain things away. Or Yeah. Um if if I can't explain them away, then I just accept that it's something that I don't understand. You know. Um I always I always feel that there's an explanation. Um not that long ago I, I heard like something like ninety percent of accounts of hauntings uh can be attributed to carbon monoxide poisoning. Like the, the things that people talk about when they talk about like being haunted, being in a haunted yeah. house, the sort of paranoia, the you know, all this stuff, the the hearing stuff, it can almost always like those are symptoms of uh carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah. Uh, low level so it takes a long time and it gets worse and worse and worse and you know that's obviously what people think when they're in a haunted house um i haven't had anything like that extreme where i have to explain it away with carbon monoxide poisoning yeah Um, but poorly hung doors uh also are uh (laughs) are a big thing that make people feel like houses are haunted uh it doesn't explain your thing where the door would would slam but like doors that slowly close people are like ah it's a ghost but um Yeah, no, I, I had a friend ask me about this one time. Like, I don't know, I said something flippant, and he was like, "So you've you've never had like something that you couldn't explain?" And uh, I was just like, "Uh, no." And he looked at me like I had lobster claws coming out of my ears. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I don't know. I just accept that I don't know everything. I don't need to." But I, I get like it's there's some things that people experience that. Uh, are actually unexplainable in a way that it's not just well, that's accepting why, your sh- own shortcomings. That's why that whole situation with me freaked me out so much because yeah. like, I'm the same. I'm a logical thinker. Like that's why my brain was like, okay, wind. Okay, no, that's not a thing. Okay, like <laughs> shipping yeah. out. It, it's it's on a concrete it's, slab. It's, like, a, it's it's the basement. It's not shifting. It, it, yeah, it's not, Mason's not shifting. Like, it, it's just, I don't yeah. know. I, I tried to, like, check off every possible thing, and I could not come to a yeah a reasonable, logical explanation for the door just slamming closed. So I guess that leads into my, like, final question. It's it's the, the bigger one, so we can spend as much or as little time on it as, as you want. But I guess, I guess that particular point and the stories that you've been telling me sound you know, like what you would call ghosts. So is that something that you actually believe in? Again, no, no judgment. I don't want you to feel like I'm judging. I'd say I'm probably, I'm I'm kind of agnostic Okay. (laughs) when it comes to them. Like I believe it could be possible. Do I believe in the the ghosts that are going to chase you with a sickle and kill you? No, not really. (laughs) Yeah. But do I believe that there could be other ethereal for like beings mm-hmm. out here that we can't see that are just some kind of energy that we okay. release after? Yeah, I believe that's possible. So I you... believe that they they're kind of be should might be able to interact in a certain way. Yeah. So you believe in like a sort of more metaphysical uh, yeah. experience of ghosts where they may inhabit like a, a pocket dimension 
you know yeah. whatever whatever happens you descend to the fourth dimension then you experience time differently you could pop in pop out sometimes when you can exert enough force mm-hmm. something like that because that sounds like the experience you're having like yeah. people appearing where they shouldn't be yeah so that's yeah i can i, I can say, get that I would, I, I, I would say i think that's probably possible yeah yeah i i get that i was uh i feel like i wanted to believe that for a long time i tried to square that in my mind for a long time i i couldn't in my own mind but i respect people who can who can hold it in their mind um what about like other sort of metaphysical supernatural theor- or theoretical things aliens believe in aliens um yeah i definitely yeah. think that i i feel like you're kind of got to be foolish to think that if there's mm. An unlimited amount of galaxies, yeah, that were the only, yeah, being of this intelligence level. Like, I just don't, yeah, this is honestly, that's how it's possible. That's uh, Fermi's paradox. Uh, he's a yeah. you know, an incredibly influential astrophys- astrophysicist, maybe just mathematician. Um, but yeah, given infinite possibilities, you know, there's got to be something. Uh, the flip side of that is that with infinite possibilities, it's equally likely that nothing has ever existed. Um, yeah. There's the floating brain theory, which is a sort of answer to Fermi's paradox, where statistically speaking, it is more likely that we are just a brain, a thinking piece of matter floating in space, coming up with all of this, uh, than we are actually alive. Oh. You can you can twist theoretical statistics like that basically any way that you want. That particular one is where people started coming up with the sort of simulation theory, which uh, it it gets kind of interesting, but people usually believe uh, what is present. Yeah. You know, at some point people believed that we were a brain floating in space. It was the space age. Uh, Now people believe we live in a simulation. It's the technology age. Yeah. You know, people just come up with things that make sense with what they see around them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So none of those are likely correct and all of them are likely correct (laughs) so uh, you're so helpful with some of these thoughts (laughs) it it gets it gets more into philosophy people want to sort of debate the metaphysics of it yeah yeah uh this physicist this british physicist brian cox uh always likes to say like ghosts can exist they would violate the second law of thermodynamics and that's inherently pedantic because like arguing about the meta the physics or the metaphysics or the likelihood of something is much less interesting than talking about the philosophy of how and why these things exist in our brains or as a society yeah like if they're not real where do they come from yeah where did the idea of them start Everything gets explained in time, like um, sleep paralysis, you know, that that phenomenon. Yeah. Um, It's linked. It's basically uh, the exploding head thing, but in reverse. Uh, You are waking up or your your body wakes up, but your mind like has a thing that physically locks your body so that you don't act out your dreams. Yeah. Um, Your conscious mind wakes up. But your physical mind doesn't. And for some reason, something about the uh, areas of your brain that are activated during dreaming have to do with fear. And so you wake up, you're seeing a manifestation of a dream, and you are irrationally fearful. Um, And that has led to a lot of interpretations of demons. Uh, There's this old folklore, folklore about this witch that would come and sit on your chest while you were asleep and suffocate. And the historical interpretation is that it was society at the time's interpretation of sleep paralysis. Mm. And because it was so widespread, a lot of people saw it. So 
stuff like that is interesting to me. And it's not to say that these things are somehow invalid. Those people were, I, I had one instance of sleep paralysis. You are so afraid of those poorly drawn two dimensional girls standing at the foot of your bed, which is what mine were. Oh man. It's silly when I think about it now, but it's like any nightmare, except you are actually awake and you know, you are awake, but you can't move and you are afraid of whatever your brain puts in front of you. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't had anything like that. I had, I, I'll touch on this too. I did have, uh, have you ever had like crazy reoccurring dreams? Uh, no, I don't dream very much okay. in general. So, I, I'm always, I've always been like a hit or miss dream person for the most part. Like I might dream two times out of the week or one time or none at all, but it kind of evens itself out, I feel like. But um, at one point while I was living in North Carolina, I had the same reoccurring dream for three months straight. Ooh, that's spooky. Yeah. And it would be, have you ever had an out of body dream experience? No, I have had an out of body, uh, -body funny experience. experience. Yeah. So, you know, that's that feeling of like, you know, you're, you can see yourself like you're looking at yourself in yeah. this dream, and in the dream, it's I, it's so fucking weird because like I'm I'm sleeping, I'm dreaming, I'm in my bed. Yeah. And in th- this dream, I'm laying in bed. Like it's like I'm looking at myself literally top down of exactly what I'm seeing at the moment as I'm sleeping. Yeah. And there's just this giant black spider Ugh. that just comes down off the ceiling and is just hovering over my face. And in the dream, I could feel like, you know, I could see it happening. But out of that, I could feel like the pressure like, <laughs> of it being above me. Like there's just this thing hovering above me. Yeah. And right when it would like, I'd wake up and see it. That's when I would wake up in real life. Ugh. Yeah. And I had that. Almost every night, if not every night, for three months. Yeah, that stuff... Uh, and it, then it just stopped. Uh, God, that stuff would, would freak me out. If I had that dream, I would I would be just as freaked out. Uh, and not, not to minimize it, but it reminds me of... Uh, did you ever play Super Hot, the video game? Super Hot? No. Um, it's a puzzle shooter. Uh, basically, like, you move... Everything moves when you move, and it doesn't move when you're not moving. Um, okay. So you're sort of figuring out the series of actions that you need to do to finish the scenario. And eventually the meta narrative runs into um, you are not just playing a game. You are controlling someone and being controlled. And they eventually like make you go and see yourself sitting in front of your computer playing the game. And something about that exact experience is just so unsettling. The idea that you can you can be sort of yourself but not yourself watching your real self yeah that is that truly sends shivers down my spine if i that i would i I don't know if i would be able to keep my mind uh like intact if i if i experienced that yeah it messed me up for like a while after and then it just uh, like honestly that was the spark of when i started looking back to moving back home oh yeah i I realized telling you something yeah it was like everything that was weighing down on me and i just had like this guilt of not being home because my parents are older and then like you know feeling the the weight of being away and missing like my nephew's growing up yeah i know i know missing like like, my all my like high school friends growing up i don't know and then start to question if you're really happy or not down there like you know i'd been there for a while and like at first everything's super fun and like yeah i don't remember moving down there at all but then like nothing start to weigh on you and i guess they were weighing on me a little too much mm. uh to the point where like i was must i was just brushing them off and just pretending like 
I wasn't having these thoughts. Apparently, probably for a little too long. <laughs> I guess. Because um, once I started to like work those out in my mind, that's when it just stopped. Yeah. Once I was able to, because like, obviously as it was happening, it was freaking me out. Like it wasn't like I waited three months to figure out, you know, why I was having it. It was like, okay, after the first first couple weeks, you're like, I'm pretty sure I had that same dream, and then you're like, wait a minute, I've been oh, having that same dream yeah. every time. You start. I started to kind of look into stuff and like what possible meanings are for and like mm-hmm. what things are ha- could happen to people' life, to people's life to trying to trigger these. And that's what I was able to come come across is that's what was causing it. It was just all this weight of these thoughts that I had in me that I was suppressing. Yeah. Because I wanted to believe that like no, I made like I made the choice. I moved. I'm happy. Like you have to like you know. Yep. You don't want to admit that like you're going like. As much as it's not going backwards, yeah, and moving back to the state you were originally from, it can feel like that. And I think yeah. I was I, trying to hold. That I know that, that people don't like hearing people's dreams, but I I love hearing people's dreams. Like especially when you start like digging into it, if someone's receptive to it, like it's it's fun. You mm-hmm. know, you have you have that spider hanging over you. It's just something bad looming. You know, and like you said, you mm-hmm. may you may have been thinking like ah, I could I can make this work. And, yeah. you know, I'm not actually feeling this way. It's just a dream. Mm-hmm. But yeah, once you start to really identify it, like this mm-hmm. is how your brain is telling you something. It it doesn't have words. It has images. Yeah. You know? Like, you know, you, these are, this is how, this is how the rest of your body feels. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like kind of thing. Like, you know, something's, you it out. something's coming and it's, and it's coming in a way that you can't avoid because you're asleep and you can't acknowledge it yeah. so yeah i i can appreciate that and you know speaking speaking for myself selfishly like i'm glad to have you back yeah yeah we I mean, still live to... we still live a little ways away from each other but at least we can you know see each other oh yeah we whatever see each other way more than a few times a year i was down there mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's, it's good to, yep. to be back and i like you know you start to take for granted those those things and that's what it came down to is like a lot of people don't have the bond that it seems like we all made with either friends mm. uh, even families like i just feel like the families of our friends yeah are pretty tight-knit like i would say your family's pretty pretty close your parents and your brother and you like you i mean relatively yeah. close close as far as i mean even everything goes even like you said the you know the family friends like like your parents were at my wedding. I'll be at their fiftieth anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's. My, I feel like my parents are probably the closest thing to second parents that you you could have. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I get that. I I always think of it as uh, a small town sort of thing. Like it's a big enough city where we had some stuff. Like it wasn't technically the middle of nowhere. You know, we didn't have to drive an hour to get to the nearest Applebee's. Yeah. Um, but it, it's still small enough that it, it feels like a small town even if well uh, where we were actually was a small town yeah um well, like just the overarching area yeah the overarching area like it fosters this closeness between people like my brother has his whole friend group from high school not barely from high school we moved up to the country when he was like a freshman in high school and he still kept in touch with and is still friends to this day with all of his friends from his previous school. Yeah. It's just a small town feel. Yep. Yeah. So. Something that you really can't be yep. replicated. So you no. start to just feel like you need it back. Something, yeah. It's something about small towns. You know, it's not a whole lot to do. Spend a lot of time, you know, doing things that you can do. Being outside, looking at the sky. Not a whole lot of lights around. 
Have you seen a UFO? <laughs> <laughs> Are you asking me if I've seen one? Yeah. No, I don't okay. think so. Uh, I did believe that I did one night. Huh? Uh, and I actually forgot. I might have talked to you about it. I don't know. But it was probably three or four years ago. And I was at Seven Hamlets, the, the brewery that I was telling you about. Okay. With uh, Dan and his girlfriend and then... Uh, two other people uh, right. they had invited so like we're drinking and it starts to get late and we're sitting out by the fires there and then we get up and we're we're all gonna start leaving but start standing there talking the next thing i know that like an hour and a half goes by and we're still all standing in the circle talking uh-huh. i'm like i'm pretty i was pretty drunk because i wasn't driving so i was like okay uh and me and dan are standing there and we both look up and we just see this like string of lights <laughs> Just rolling across the sky. Okay. And it looks like like they were like flickering or flashing. And it was the first time I'd ever seen something like it. Okay. And I was like, yo, I don't know what's going on. I couldn't understand it. And I like, I started to think about it in the morning. And I was like, what could if that have been? Like, there's no way that, that that's what I just saw. Because, of course, like, we pointed it out and started yelling to everybody that we were around it. Like, look at that. Like, look up in the sky. And everyone saw it. So it's like, yeah. know, I wasn't just drunk in my mind. So I had to know. And it ended up being the Starlink satellite. Ah, boo. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you don't, they're not on the track where they go by where you're look where I'm looking all the time. Yeah, right. And, like... You know, it probably just had a little bit of overcast in small spots, so it was giving that flickering effect. <laughs> so it looked like the lights were flickering, and you see this like string of like twelve lights in yeah. a row, yeah, go across the sky for like seems like infinity. I was like, ah, uh, that is. Am I about to get probed? Or like, <laughs> what's going on here? That is neat though. But this this is what I'm saying. Like you you got that logical mind. You had to know. You looked it up. There's someone in that circle of people who still tells people about the UFO they saw. You know it. Oh, 100%. No <laughs> doubt in my mind. So, yeah. About was, you, do you believe in him? Um, I don't know. I uh, used to have this sort of philosophical fear of aliens uh, when I was when I was conditioned to read <laughs> to read the Bible a little bit more literally like you know we were created in god's image so i had this philosophical fear of aliens what if we found them what if they were humanoid what if they weren't humanoid what does that say about the universe uh but i've long since stopped holding hard beliefs so it's it's a lot easier for me to say like i'm i'm definitely open to the idea of aliens and the idea that aliens are probably not going to be something that we recognize yeah. uh, if they're carbon based life forms at all almost certainly not going to be humanoid unless this just happens to be the this universe's physically most stable form but yeah um i don't know i, I it will be interesting um i know that you know the the government actually like monitors and researches ufos and aliens you know, that big report came out a few years ago and then everybody immediately forgot about it. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. A lot of people much smarter than me uh, are looking for this stuff and there has to be a reason. I think there's a there's a reason for why humans do everything. It's sometimes not a good reason, but there's a reason. These people yeah. at, at SETI, for some reason, believe, uh, you know, maybe they're just operating on Fermi's Paradox, but... yeah. They, they believe that it's possible that we could find someone or someone or something 
out there that's capable of communicating with us. So, I mean, it's crazy it's to interesting. think about too, because it kind of falls into the same thing where if you, you listen to the people that have studied technology and like the growth of humanity, they say that we're going to experience a, such, such, such a significant jump in technology in the next 50 years. Right. It's, it's going to surpass all all of what we've learned since the beginning of time yeah which yeah. is just crazy to think about like because like, it feels like we've made generationally crazy jumps from like when we were young young to where we are now right and we have um and to think that that's gonna like just basically gonna have its dick knocked in the dirt with what's about to happen <laughs> it's yeah. nuts to think about like i know i know um it's funny uh that reminds me like there's there's this saying by uh, famous author uh, Arthur C. Clarke. Uh, he wrote 2001 Space Odyssey. I always want to say oddity. Uh, but he's a science fiction author, and his argument when people lumped him in, some of his contemporaries got offended when people would lump the sci-fi writers in with fantasy. And his take on it, it's a very famous quote, is that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Um, it could be... What people have experienced in the past with aliens, you know, maybe we have gotten visited. They just thought it was magic. They just thought it was gods. They just thought it was this or that. And maybe technology will advance so quickly that by the end of our lives, we will just believe in magic because we won't recognize technology no more. Yeah. It's interesting hmm. to think about. Yeah, it's very interesting to think about. It's kind of yeah. kind of nuts. So I think with that little nugget of brain food and two hours in <laughs> yeah um i just looked over and saw yep. that and i was like oh boy yeah we'll we'll go ahead and start wrapping up um why don't you start with the acknowledgements yeah as always we'd like to just give some acknowledgement to josh wardle the original creator of wardle and then freddie myers uh the creator of quartal uh, you can find him I believe it's Meyer. I don't think it's pluralized. I think My, it's just Meyer. Meyer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is like that. Um, yeah, One of us find is him wrong. On Twitter. Yeah, you can find him on Twitter, uh, at Quartal. Uh, and if you enjoy our content or if you play Quartal daily, consider donating him uh, a cup of coffee. Yeah. You know, goes and towards uh, upgrading all of what we're getting. Apparently, there's talk of uh, accounts on the way soon. So yeah, that'll be fun. Track stuff across multiple devices. I'm sure that'll improve like uh, achievement stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you can follow us on our socials. Uh, Twitter is at Quord on the Street. Q U O R D on the S T. Uh, Instagram, uh, we are Quord on the Street. Spell out all the street. Uh, YouTube's the same slash Quord on the Street. If you're listening to us over there, like, subscribe, and comment. Uh, you can review us on Apple Podcast wherever you can. Um, and submissions. I, I hope that people are out there listening. And if you are, we want to hear from you. So go ahead and take a look at our socials. Uh, we try to post the word list every Saturday or Sunday. Um, and So take a look at the word list. Uh, if you see something that sparks your interest, go ahead and give us an email with your quick topic at uh, street at e gmail.com. Um, or hopefully by the time this episode comes out, we'll have our website up, cordonthestreet.xyz. Uh, and hopefully we'll have a little submission form in there too. Um, so one way or the other, get in touch with us if you're listening. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, my personal Twitter is V underscore C. Uh, spell out the underscore. And uh, mine is I'm Scuzzy. I-M-S-K-U-Z-Z-E-Y. 
just a reminder i am your genre host vince and that is your sonic host josh i wish i had a song to take us out on but we'll go out on just asking you to get the quote out